0: But I thought you didn't believe in the horn, Trumpkin, said Caspian. No more I do, Your Majesty. But what's that got to do with it? I might as well die on a wild goose chase as die here. You are my king. I know the difference between giving advice and taking orders.
1: Welcome to the Chronicles of Podcast, where we are doing a chapter-by-chapter deep dive into the Chronicles of Narnia by C.S. Lewis. I'm Kel. And I'm Chase. And thank you for joining us today. Just a reminder that today we're going to be talking about the fourth book in the series, Prince, with a heavy quote on that, Caspian. Uh, But general spoiler warning for the whole Narnia series, as well as a heads up that we will go on tangents into other stories we enjoy. We'll do our best to give good spoiler warnings along the way if there's anything too far out there. But today... We are discussing, again, quote, Prince Caspian, Chapter 7, Old Narnia in danger. Oh no, what danger? Probably a war, but, you know, we wouldn't, we wouldn't really know.
0: I mean, C.S. Lewis isn't going to tell us about that. Uh, but I'll, what I'll tell you about, Kel, is a summary of this chapter.
1: I'd love to hear one. Well, just
0: you wait. The the place the fawns had appeared, if you remember last chapter, uh, really counting on you remembering the very tail end of last chapter, uh, the place the fawns had appeared was the Dancing Lawn, where they were calling everyone to meet in the first place. Caspian and his friends stayed there for several days until it was time for the Great Council, and that time living and sleeping outside were some of the best days of Caspian's life. The great night came, and various fantastic creatures that they had met and sent word to all gathered together. And after some discussion of how to run the event, really had to work out those logistics there, they sat down in a large circle for a council of war at Caspian's request. As Caspian began to address the crowd, a hare, a rabbit, announced that there was man coming near. Caspian told them to catch it, not kill it. And that's good, because it turned out to be his close dear friend, Dr. Cornelius. Nicobrick the dwarf said that they should kill him for being a half-dwarf, half-human, because racism. But Caspian defended him, saying that they could sooner leave his army than do that. Uh, Cornelius revealed that Caspian's horse had gone back to the castle after he was knocked off. So King Mraz was made aware of his escape, and now he had his army out, ready to search and surround him any moment. Cornelius used magic to find him and get there to warn him, and they begin discussing uh, whether they should fight or flee. Caspian says he doesn't like the idea of running, but they should probably find a more defensible spot than this open spot in the middle of the woods. Uh, Cornelius recommends going to a place called Aslan's How, a great mound built up by uh, ancient Narnians over a very magical stone. Ooh. The mound is hollowed out within, so it would make a good fortress and a storehouse for them, and it should fit everybody. They all agreed and marched to Aslan's howl before sunrise, and as they learned about their new quarters, their fortune turned against them as Miraz's scouts soon found their new lair and his army arrived on the edge of the woods. They had a bunch of battles off-screen, with Caspian's party taking the worst of it, and nothing seemed to work. Even Caspian's biggest battle plan failed because apparently giants are inherently not that smart, and Wimbleweather, their giant, messed up his timing and a bunch of people got hurt. Caspian, Cornelius, the Badger, Nickabrick, and Trumpkin all sat in the center chamber near the stone table, but not on it, mind you. Truffle Hunter and Cornelius recommend Caspian use the magic horn. If you remember, he has a magic horn. Uh, but they're not sure where their help will come from, so they'll have to be ready to send a messenger to find it. Nickabrick, a non-believer in the old things, thinks it's all dumb, uh, but Trumpkin says, send me, sire, I'll go, even though he didn't fully believe it himself. They decide Caspian should wait till sunrise to blow the horn, and then Pattertwig the squirrel will go look at the lantern waste, and Trumpkin will go to look at Care Paravelle, and that is the end of our chapter.
1: That is the end. Uh theme of this chapter is deliberation because you get a lot of talking, Chase. Yeah, it's just uh, a
0: bunch of meetings. You know those <clears throat> super fun logistical meetings that go into gathering people, Kel? This,
1: this is a chapter that could have been an email, I think. Uh, it, but,
0: it could have been a bullet-pointed email. It would save us a lot of time.
1: Yeah, it's a lot of meetings, especially in a chapter where, like, the literal war begins. And, the, like, at just the front end, like you would assume like the chapter where the war begins would have more, I don't know, war. Like,
0: I don't know what you're asking for Cal. That's kind you, of ridiculous. Why like, would we look at, why would we watch a battle when we could watch them deliberate how meeting notes will be taken?
1: I guess, but we'll, we'll get to this because I got some questions and, and, and concerns about how this all goes down. But Chase, Caspian's had the best day of his life again.
0: Man, he he's having a great week, to be honest. Like, Man. hanging out with, with two dwarves that vaguely like him and a badger that seems nice enough. That was the best days of his life. And then now, here we are, going camping in the woods with the exact same people. He just likes being outside, Gil. He just really he likes being outside.
1: He does like being outside. And it's important to know, you know, at this, this outside, it is the dancing lawn, Chase. It's, you know, important that we get this bit of information.
0: In, in case we were wondering at the end of last chapter, whether the place that a bunch of people showed about nowhere to dance was in fact the dancing lawn. We It was
1: here. if you were curious. Uh, but yeah, so, you know, Caspian has the, the best, best times of his life, sleeping on acorns and, uh, you know, not in his nice, you know, feather mattress with silk sheets. Um, totally agree. Uh, I can't see why he would prefer, you know, a bed to the ground, uh, but whatever. Um, so he, you know, it says that he, all that to say, you know, we, we, you know, made fun of him, but it says he began already to harden and his face wore a kinglier look. So, you know,
0: I, th- I think that's just looking tired. I think that's just bags under the eyes.
1: To be fair, if you've seen Lord of the Rings, Vigo Mortensen looks tired and like dirty the whole time. And dude looks great. I mean, like, I guess that's what it takes. Like,
0: Everyone stop showering. It's uh, there, really hard. I think,
1: I feel like Vigo Mortensen, he's got that quality where it's like there's few people who, when you're gross and dirty looking, it's almost like that's. Like you, it, it it makes him look even better.
0: I mean, I guess that's just his prime. He's
1: he's he's killing it, you know. Uh, but he's a ranger, you know. He's da- he's he's mysterious and dangerous, but uh,
0: good walking through the woods. <clears throat>
1: yeah. Uh, so Caspian, you know, they wake up and then they, you know, see all of the the subjects uh, that. You know, he has begun uh, accruing, and they're all gathering and we get a good list of everyone. There's, you know, the bulgy bears, the red and black dwarfs, the moles, the badgers, the hares and hedgehogs. You know, you know, a bunch of people that he's already met, as well as a bunch that he hasn't seen. There are some satyrs uh, that which are, you know, similar to fawns, but not, uh, you know, surprisingly, they have both.
0: What is the difference between a satyr and fawn? I thought those were different words for the same thing.
1: I'm pretty sure they are, you know, and if my Percy Jackson knowledge has, you know, served me any, uh, I'm pretty sure it's just the Roman and Greek versions of the same thing. I
0: I think you're right. Because for a second there, I was like, are satyrs just fawns that have horns? But I'm pretty sure fawns have horns, too.
1: Yep. I'm pretty sure they're the same. But, you know, what does C.S. Lewis know? A lot, you know, but to be fair. But
0: uh, one is half goat, half man, like one way and the other is the other way? Like, one is top man, bottom goat. The other is bottom man, top goat.
1: Pretty sure it's the same. They're both bottom goat. Uh, But, you know, whatevs. Uh, But, yeah, so he sees the satyrs and then the whole contingent of talking mice that came with Reaper Chief. Um, There's some owls. There's a raven. uh, And last of all, you know, uh, in addition to the the centaurs, was the giant Wimbleweather of Dead Man's Hill. Chase, they... C.S. Lewis has really got to work on his Giants' names. And, like...
0: I mean, yeah, Wimple Weather feels a little a little wimpy. It's... Like... He for, li- is living at Dead Man's Hill a red flag? That feels like it should be a warning sign.
1: Yeah, that feels... It, it feels like a warning sign. But, like, to be fair, he's not bad. He's just, as we will see in this chapter, he's just not very bright. Uh, but, like, for a Giant, you know the giants we've seen so far like i've made fun of his name so much that i can't remember what it actually is i believe it's rumble Muff, rumble buffin i think that's right rumble buffin because i've made fun of it enough to where i don't know which is like the ones that i've made up and what's his name but like rumble buffin and wimbleweather these are too whimsical of names for giants that are supposed to be really intimidating and scary
0: i mean or maybe you're just asking a children's book to be too serious.
1: <laughs> maybe, maybe I am. And that's, you know, for sure an option because you know, we're here to be critical and cynical. It uh, yeah, I mean,
0: like, beats Fledge. I'm still mad about that one. And that was yeah, the first book. Like
1: This would be like, you know, Dave Bautista's character in a movie being like marshmallow or like the rock being butterfly. Like that it, it feels Fledged. weird.
0: That I'm pretty sure you just laid out the plot to the next Guardians movie. That's, uh, <laughs>
1: it could be. It could be. Uh, maybe this was the the
0: a Marvel yet. Never mind. Mm-hmm. Keep going.
1: But uh, so we, you know, we have this giant contingent of of people that have gathered around, uh, you know, waiting for this council or feast of some sort. And people have different priorities and you're going to see these priorities come about in very stereotypical fashion. Uh, You know, what are the what do the bulgy bears want? Well, they want to eat. You know, what does, uh, you know, patter twig and the other squirrels want? Uh, well, they could do anything because they're squirrels and they have ADD. So let's do everything at the same time. Uh, you know, what about, uh, you know, Reepachep? Like, he just wants to fight. Like, you know, the, the council will be darned. Uh, let, we don't need to talk and eat. Let's just go kill Mraz. Uh And like the moles are all about digging up entrenchments. <laughs> like, it's like, okay, cool. Like C.S. Lewis is like writing this chapter.
0: Honestly, that one is smart. But it's, That
1: one's great, yeah.
0: In general, like, they were camping out for multiple days, having worked in an admin-centric like centric job before. I feel like they should have put a little thought into how this meeting was going to run. Yeah. After gathering hundreds of people at dinner time, they tend to get upset if they don't have sure. it. A
1: Just meeting around, a, a like, a mealtime, if you're not providing food, like, that's on you.
0: You need to send at least send a clear message of eat before if you're not going to provide food. And as we'll find out here, they don't end up having dinner. They go straight into marching. Like the Bulgy Bears should have won out this one because I don't think anyone eats dinner this night.
1: Yeah, no, it's it's not great. But like, I just think it's funny that I feel like CS Lewis is writing all these characters and it's like, what would these characters like want based on my. Like stereotypical perceptions of them, it's like, oh, fawns. What do they do? They dance. They don't even care about war. Let's just have them want to dance. Hey, why are the fawns invited to this? A solid like, dance, Cal. Solid dance. Why do the fawns? Why are they even invited to this war council? Like, why do they have positions of power? All they're good for is kidnapping children.
0: I mean, maybe they should send the fawns to the castle to kidnap Caspian's little cousin. So like that Caspian can be the prince again.
1: I like where your head's at, Chase. Uh, if we're already going to excuse kidnapping, you know.
0: I mean, every book has so far, so we might as well keep it going.
1: Yeah. I mean, you're not wrong. It's, as, far, it's far a,
0: as far as C.S. Lewis is concerned, kidnapping, it's pretty
1: cool. It's pretty low on the on the scale of bad things to do. Uh, but, you know, that's, you know, we've discussed that and we will more. Uh, you know, yeah. down the road. but
0: yeah, I'm sure it comes up every single book. In some it'll way. probably
1: come up, you know, things that we know to be true. Aslan, not a tame lion. Kidnapping could be worse. Uh, so uh, they, they're, they you know, holding their counsel and they're, you know, trying to get everyone to pay attention uh, and everyone starts arguing. And then Patertwig, the squirrel, uh, he, he goes, silence, silence everyone for the king's speech. Great movie. Um, crazy that they have access to it. Yeah. Uh, Do you think,
0: uh, Caspian
1: st- 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 stuttered? I, I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, he's a, he's like an older teenager, never really had like public speaking experience. Like, yeah.
0: Honestly, I'd be surprised if he could get through a sentence in general. Like the first time you stand in front of a crowd that large, you're gonna be stumbling over yourself.
1: Yeah, it, at best, you're going to use some ums and likes and pauses. You're not, you're not ready for just bold declarations. And what we're going to see, Chase, is that even though Twig's like, hey, everyone, get ready for the King's speech, Caspian doesn't make any kind of speech. There, I, I've looked, and there's nothing, because immediately after this, Camillo uh, the, the hare, Camillo Cabello the hare, yeah, he goes. Hush! There's a man somewhere near, and the, everyone's like, "Oh wait, woo, what, what's going on?" You no, know, there's a there's a man and truffle hunter, the badger, like the, like I also have to remind everyone. He throws a lot of names in here. We got to remember who who these people are. Truffle hunter is the badger. Yeah, he goes. Smells like man, and yet not quite like man. Chase, have we met any people that are man like but not quite man like yet?
0: I mean we've said that Caspian is a teenager so <laughs>
1: <laughs> That's a good one i like that uh, that was a uh, i was trying to see i, I was curious where you were going to go with that i didn't have any any idea but i liked where you where you're in england but yeah so he says it smells like man but not quite like man and you know they're getting into battle formations and caspian's like hey if it's alone don't shoot it don't shoot it you know whatever uh catch it and nickabrick is uh is like why shouldn't we just kill it uh and he's like just like the centaurs like do as you're told you know clearly we're setting up some uh some tension between following orders with uh Nicobric and his order of dwarves uh but they're waiting in silence and then chase wouldn't you believe it a familiar voice to caspian uh just starts speaking and he's like no 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 like you can you know bind me if you want whatever uh but just take me to the king and Caspian is like, Dr. Cornelius, you know, the guy who used to wake me up at 2 a.m. and take me to a far dark corner of the castle so that no one could hear me scream. I mean, talk.
0: Yeah. As we've said, kidnappers are good in the stories.
1: Yeah. But like everyone, you know, and it's, it's great. But then you see some, uh, some tension between, you know, at least Nickabrick and his dwarves and Dr. Cornelius uh, and you see Trumpkin, who is one of the red dwarfs, he's kind of has to be like a middle ground a little bit, but kind of agrees with Nicobrick in them. Uh, where Nicobrick is like, ah, a half and halfer. Like he yeah. hates the fact that he is not full dwarf.
0: It's always fun for writers to come up with their own racial slurs in their stories.
1: Half and half her, man. As opposed they're, to, they're as opposed
0: mumbled, to, like
1: Well, I like half and half her, because this makes me think like, now nah, there's no way this dude would use like French cream or vanilla cream, like, or this dude doesn't they they even figure out their coffee order. The rest of the yeah. dwarves are drinking their coffee straight.
0: The other part of the meeting that they didn't figure out beforehand, so they're wasting the first thirty minutes of their meeting figuring out everyone's coffee order.
1: Correct, and they're like, ugh, a half and a her gross like
0: I, honestly yeah i i take my coffee black and, and anything otherwise doesn't taste like coffee to me
1: i take my coffee uh non-existently because i don't i don't like it uh,
0: i mean I, you, you just is, uh, yourself in more more situations where you need it you're in youth ministry you should be you should be living on coffee
1: I just try to be filled by the spirit chase. So.
0: Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Are you uh? What is? Are you just a, a Red Bull person? Are you five no, out? I, How are you staying I, awake?
1: I just uh, I go until I, five
0: different paintball events on your Instagram in the last year.
1: Uh, I go into like crash. I just I just survive until I don't, and then I go home and I crash hard. Uh, but.
0: And then you get an IV with bang. And
1: gross uh no they all Courtney has said that you know like my biggest flaw in her eyes is that you know if she could change one thing it would be my dislike of coffee so um it's it's yeah. a it's definitely a point of contention for sure but um start we start
0: drinking like like hotel quality Folgers
1: gross Even, you've
0: acquired the taste and then everything else would
1: taste good from there Chase, if I wanted to drink mud, I'd go to my backyard.
0: I mean, you do have a backyard now, so
1: a backyard, because I have a house, which is pretty dope. Uh, and you know, that'll that'll be fun. Uh but we, you know, so there we see Cornelius come in and uh Trunken and brick are, you know, trying to like not kill him, even though they have a little bit of like you know, enmity towards him. Uh, and Caspian's like, This is my greatest friend and the savior of my life. This is real, you know, uh, Lucy, sad. And Tumnus vibes and also sad.
0: Yeah, it definitely, now that you say it, that definitely does have Lucy with Tumnus, like just obsession. Like, this is the only person who's ever talked to me. So I'm going to be so committed to them on every step and turn. Yeah, it. It's a bummer for someone who's like 15, 16, 17 to not have any other friends in their life yeah. than their like, school teacher. Their I mean, look, I had some great teachers school in school, teacher. but that's uh, even the coolest teacher shouldn't be your best friend. That's a yeah. red flag as well.
1: It's tough. But, Chase, this is where I begin to have some issues because with Dr. Cornelius, c.s lewis yada yadas a lot of magic stuff
0: you mean the man who said earlier in this very book that he didn't know how to find the dwarves or any of the old narnians and he just wished he could
1: and that's part of it
0: he would go looking but couldn't find them and had no way to do that
1: yeah you, it's almost and like he suddenly said, he's using
0: magic to find caspian and all the old narnians
1: Yes, because because Caspian goes, How did you find us? And he goes, By a little use of simple magic, the thing that I couldn't do earlier. And then he goes, But there's no time to explain that. Just, you know, like, because we have to leave now because Miraz will have us surrounded because, you know, we've been betrayed. Uh, and Caspian's like, By who? And he's like, By your horse. Uh, hmm. Again, a lot of yada yada. Like, this. how did
0: you find us, Doctor? By mere plot convenience, my dear boy.
1: Correct. Uh, you know, he said I had a pretty good guess from my crystal. Like, is this dude selling essential oils now too? Like,
0: yeah, uh, is this a crystal ball or is this going full New Age? He's just—he's doing a moon bath
1: here. Like, he, he, what is what is going on here? Is he? how does he know what is the, like, how does this magic work? He's just like, yeah, I just found you. Uh, And, you know, yeah, your horse alerted Mraz that you were not there, which shouldn't they have known anyway? Like it's been a couple days. You would have think that they would know that Caspian wasn't there. He took some magic mushrooms
0: and his inner child led him to Caspian.
1: Hmm. I'm not buying it but
0: he i just had a significant conversation with the ghost of his father who told him how to get there
1: Hmm. deep again not buying it but it's like you're giving more of an explanation than c.s lewis is even though yours are obviously ridiculous I and mean, C.S. Lewis is just like, like yeah.
0: the story i've heard about people on mushrooms but continue
1: you know but he He's like, yeah, I, you know, I found you, you know, and the dwarves uh, were really careless, stupid dwarves. Uh, you know, he's getting a shot back at him. Yeah,
0: uh, he's only half
1: dwarf. Sure, which means he's, you know, half as stealthy. No, half more stealthy. It means he
0: covered, uh, like, his left foot tracks on the way there, but not his right foot tracks.
1: So he's half down the middle. <laughs> yeah, he,
0: I mean, it's almost like he was being carried by his right foot the whole time.
1: I get. Uh, That
0: that was a weaker, weaker one.
1: You know, it is what it is. Tried to
0: find it, it wasn't there.
1: So it's one of those things where they he's he's telling these things. I still don't know how either he found them or how Mraz is gonna find them or why. Because right now all Miraz knows is that Caspian has left, right? That he's ran away. He's about to start a war because of this, but we don't know his motivation. Like, obviously he wants to kill Caspian, but he's about like, he doesn't know that he's gone to old Narnia. He doesn't know any of these things. Why is he rallying an entire army?
0: Yeah. And in Mraz's mind, it should be a situation of like, oh, well the one threat to my rule disappeared in the middle of the night. I guess that's good for me, right? Like, why? Yeah. There, there is no sense to him rallying the troops. Yeah, right? it's not you know, at this point. Caspian can survive in the woods. Like, why no. would he be able to?
1: He, so, to it, this point, oh, he has not tried to assassinate him. So, like, his ev- what everyone else from the kingdom can see is Caspian ran away. We don't know where he is. And, like, even if there is. Oh, you know, the the rumors to go about, like, oh, what if Miraz, like, you know, had him executed and, like, buried in the middle of the night? Sure, I guess that could have happened. But, like, there's also evidence that he can point to. He's like, no, his horse is gone. Like, there's hoof tracks leading out of, you know, he's gone. Why is he not, if anything, just sending off some, you know, people to go find him?
0: Maybe Patter Twig went a little too far and told Miraz as well that they were meeting in the dancing lawn.
1: Could be. Or, he didn't know who to not tell.
0: Or maybe a chapter or two from now will cut back and realize that Trumpkin has been telling King Moraz this story the whole time.
1: That would be a plot twist. I don't think we're gonna have that, but you know, wow, what a what a move that would be. But it's it it comes back to it's we're we're gonna have to just move past this because so does C.S. Lewis, but there's no way that Moraz should have found them and rallied an army and cornelius needs to explain his magic and finding of them way more than he did uh but we won't get that
0: has a pentagram drawn on his forehead but (laughs) it's glad glad to see him but yeah
1: but it's so All i have to say we move past it we recognize that it doesn't make sense and we just keep going and we are now have the news that Mraz is marching his army towards their location. Uh, and a small, tiny voice um, from somewhere at the doctor's feet says, Hurrah, let them come. All that I ask is that the king will put me and my people in the front. And you know, this is where we get like Reaper Cheap. is the best. Like, Reep-a-cheep he just wants the best. to fight.
0: I'm shocked that Cornelius does not insult him here.
1: He almost does, he's real close. He goes, by the lion, it's a mouse. Senor mouse, I desire your better acquaintance. Um, like, he's very close. Like, the first half, he's about to be like, wow.
0: He starts... Man, Caspian, do you have grass grasshoppers or mosquitoes in your army? Where's that voice coming from?
1: Yes. it's. He's real close to getting his shins destroyed. Uh, but... Then he, you know, he's like, I'm honored by meeting so Valiant a beast. And then Reepicheep is like, yes, Valiant, yes, quite, quite, quite. He goes, my friendship, you shall have learned man, and any dwarf or giant in the army who does not give you good language shall have uh, my sword to reckon with. Reepicheep is a ride or die, for sure. He He's
0: all in way too quickly. He doesn't make know- you quick. This dude... Gets children out of bed at weird hours of the night. He shouldn't be so quick to like hang out. No,
1: and he just met him. Like, there's one thing for the guy that you're like calling king. Like, yeah, sure, give him your allegiance, but don't just give anyone your allegiance and be like, I'll fight Wimbleweather for you. Like, Cheap oh, just, cheap. Like
0: rides on the vibe, you know, like he doesn't really need the information. Like he can just kind of sense that your vibe is right. So I'll fight for you, bro.
1: And, and his, the only vibe he's looking for is, will you let me fight Mraz? That's the only one he wants.
0: <laughs> just a guy who goes out just looking for a fight. He's uh, yeah. it, it, he doesn't need a reason. He just needs uh, an excuse.
1: He just needs an opportunity. That's all he's asking. Uh, but he, they're like, man, this is great. Uh, and then they start talking about battle plans. They're like, hey, should we fight? Should we flee? Cassidy's uh, like, I don't like the idea of running away. And then the bears are like, oh, God, running? We got to eat first. We can't run. What are you talking about? And then the centaur, because remember, the centaur, super wise, very learned, is going to teach a class at Hogwarts soon. Um, he says, hey, those who run first do not always run last. And why should we let the enemy choose our position of battle as opposed to ourselves, which, you know, Truffle Hunter, the badger's like, that's wise, your majesty. That's wise. Thanks Truffle Hunter for letting us know that that's wise. I appreciate it. Uh, Cause I wouldn't have been able to determine wisdom for myself and neither would Caspian.
0: It's because you haven't eaten from that magic tree yet.
1: Mm, bingo. Uh, but they, they're like, Hey, ultimately, uh, we sh- like Doctor Cornelius is like we should go to the east, uh, go to you know Aslan's How near Care Paravel by the river because you know Telmarines hate that area because it's mystical and freaky to them. Uh, and then they go Aslan's How, and he goes, no, it's more like an Aslan's What. But
0: I, I was thinking more of an Aslan Who, or maybe an Aslan When, or Why. My name
1: is What. My name is who, my name is Aslan's How, uh, doesn't really roll off the tongue, but we discover that Aslan's How, this meeting place that they're going to go to, was a giant mound raised over the stone table that, if you remember from like 17 episodes ago, uh, or what, you know, I'm that was not, not correct, probably like 22 episodes ago. Uh,
0: give or take.
1: Was- give or take. I don't know. We're not we're not math podcasters here. Uh, but he, if you remember, this is the stone table that Aslan died on, uh, split in half and it's a really you know magical and special place to the Narnian. So they raised this mound with magic somehow uh, over the stone table. and inside of it is a bunch of caves and tunnels and you know galleries that they can hide their army in and have as their base of operations.
0: And it's crazy that they're going to the place from National Treasure
1: 2. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's actually behind the, you know, faces of the presidents. It's weird how
0: no one's ever looked behind Mount Rushmore before.
1: I always assumed that behind Mount Rushmore was kind of like those Disney World, like Google Earth views, where it's like you see the building or the, you know, the whatever on the front where you go in for the ride. And then on the back end, it's just like a giant warehouse uh, where it's, it's like that's where you actually. Of the Hollywood
0: view. sign. It's just yeah. like being propped up. Yeah, that, that but, feels right.
1: But, you know, apparently behind the stone table is dirt because it's a mound. Yeah. Uh, but above the stone table is a giant hill.
0: I, I guess so. I guess instead of being on top of a hill, it's now underneath a hill because that makes sense.
1: Don't worry about the logic here because as we've said before, C.S. Lewis didn't. Uh, and so.
0: Just briefly they, provided some earth benders in to uh, rearrange some stuff. And does
1: off exist in this universe? Because if so, I'm way more into it.
0: I mean, that feels like it fits into the multiverse theory at some level. I Probably feel
1: like some, oh, dude. Well, if you've seen the Legend of Korra, those little spirit portals are oh, those. Yeah. Are those that not absolute, just? Uh,
0: there's even a tree. There's a magic tree with portals around it. That is absolutely, not just holes
1: the that they hop into. You know, and yeah, the uh, wood between the worlds.
0: It all fits together.
1: It all makes sense to me. All right, Chase. Look at us building this universe, uh, one one Who's piece of Lewis? IP at a time. Uh, but they decide to go to Aslan's how. Uh, because Truffle Hunter is impressed with the learned man's knowledge. Uh, and I got I to gotta say, in addition to Reba Cheap, I think some of the favorite moments that I've had in this chapter and in the next uh, is Trumkin's, like exclamatory phrases. Uh, he, he's got several. Uh, but the first one you see, soup and celery. Like, That's he says, and every one of his things that I've seen so far... It's two nouns separated by and Uh, it's, it's two things or two ideas and like we'll see more as it goes on. And I'm going to point them out because they're not right in front of me at the moment, but like soup and celery is our first one. We'll keep it going as the, as you know, time continues, but.
0: Like an Irish accent too. It's a. Soup and celery. Yeah, it's, it's solid.
1: It was, well, you know, soup is not solid, but you know. Hopefully the accent was, Uh, but they agree on the plan and they immediately start marching uh, and they make their way uh, to Aslan's how before sunrise, Uh, because obviously, you know, time and Narnia is weird. So apparently they can just march here in the blink of an eye, even though it's across the country,
0: which will be a very different situation. The very next chapter.
1: Correct. Uh, But you know, who's counting? We are. But so they, they go in and there's a you know, doorway leading into the mound and they start seeing like paved stoneways and arches. And uh, there's pictures of a lion everywhere, which I wonder if that's important. Um, and it seemed to belong to an older Narnia than the even the Narnia that Caspian was aware of. Uh, and they all start taking their quarters. And then the, somehow King you know army finds them. Even though they don't go to this place, they don't know where they are. Even even though
0: no one who was an old Narnian, old Narnian even knew it existed. Correct. Moraz finds it like within five minutes of them getting there.
1: Yeah, he they just find him. And, and then Chase, this is why what we mentioned at the beginning of the podcast, the battles just start. It just like off-screen, even off sentence. It's it, the battles just start because it says like, all right, cool. Miraz's men are showing up and they're, you know, getting into uh, formation. And then it just says, and then there was fighting on most days and sometimes by night. So I guess the war started. Yeah. Why? Oh, Don't the know. Moron. We've never had any even meeting or declaration between these two peoples. They're just fighting. And they just go just and they just go and. You know, we learned that basically Caspian's crew is just having the worst of it, but we don't see any of this. This is the like, like we've, we've gotten, you know, on the CS Lewis before he is telling and not showing and it's not, it's not enjoyable.
0: Yeah, no, it's,
1: I mean, he did
0: the exact same thing in Lion, Witch and the Wardrobe, like for, for our listeners who are joining us in this book for some reason, like he literally like you know the movie with the big battle scene that's dope and like the entire like crux of the movie not in the book that's like all off screen it's really he just has to keep time open for walking through the woods you know the only thing that matters or or is interesting
1: yeah but whatever So all we 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 realized that you know uh, Caspian and his army are just not doing great And Even the biggest battle that they were putting All their hopes in, uh, it fails Because, you know Giants gotta be a giant, and apparently Giants are really dumb, and Wimbleweather Doesn't understand timing of plans Or anything, and He rushes too early And it all fails And But luckily Because this is a kid's book The massive failure that they're experiencing It just results in some injuries uh, You know no, no deaths to any of our, uh, of our, at least to the people that we care about. Yeah, and we the haven't that have been seen there.
0: or heard anyone die so far, which cannot be the case if there's battles most days.
1: Unless they're battling like hi, yeah, hi. Oh, sorry, I nicked your arm there. You want to call it a, call it a day? Yeah, my bad. And then they just go home.
0: Maybe they're like doing like laser tag as their battles, just like going it out there. Fine. Pew pew ah, Day Moraz's army got got more points. He, Dark. he
1: shot, he fire shot fire. the laser at our base. Pew
0: pew pew uh, pew. Now everybody's frozen for five seconds.
1: Alright. You guys want some PB and J and some Capri Suns? Nah, okay, no. Okay, us two. Pizza and Coke. Pizza and Coke. Pizza and Coke. That's true. That's way more likely at a laser tag arena. Uh,
0: but when you put a quarter in it it gives you a ball with like a random like nondescript toy inside.
1: Yeah, it's probably like a weird puzzle or, or like an
0: action figure that like looks vaguely like something you see on TV but definitely doesn't have a show attached to it.
1: It's like it's like a ninja alien that comes yeah. in like 18 different styles. But
0: I collect all the different colors,
1: sure. Uh, but uh, they yeah, they're they're just not doing great. Their army's having a bad time. Wimbleweather is super bummed because it, he knows it's all his fault, and everyone else does too. Uh, he's crying, he's drowning cheap and the other mice with his tears. Um, got to write a song about that or something. Um, and they're just not doing great. And so, Caspian Cornelius, uh, you know, the doctor. Uh, Trumble, Truffle Hunter, the Badger, Nickabrick, and Trumpkin, uh, they're apparently the War Council. They've left out the, the centaur because why need wisdom? Um, and no one else.
0: Why bring anyone in other than the first two people you meet?
1: Yeah. Uh, but they're they're just like, we've got to figure something out. So they're deep in the heart of Texas. No, I'm just kidding. They're in the deep of the heart of Aslan's how uh, and they are just trying to figure out what to do. Uh, and we make sure that they, we are, you know, in the center was the stone table, but they're not on it. They're not sitting at it. They're just, you know, near it. Okay. Uh, we'll make sure that, you know, we, we, we're putting this detail in cause it's important.
0: I mean, question here was the stone table. Was the stone going to just erode away and that's why they built this hill? Like, so for, for the listener who's probably not reading along with, with us, it, we get this description of it. So in the center was the stone itself, a stone table split right down the center and covered with what had once been writing of some kind. But ages of wind and rain and snow had almost worn them away in the old times when the stone table had stood on a hilltop and the mound had not yet been built above it. Like, what happens if the stone table stops existing?
1: We don't know. We're never told. And
0: wasn't this like a situation where weren't the letters like carved in at like a spear's depth
1: with like magic?
0: I, I feel like I remember there being like letters carved way too deep to make sense.
1: Yeah, it's if not a spear's, it's at least a spear's head, which is still yeah, very that makes
0: deep. more sense. Yeah, also very deep,
1: but not amount
0: of time has passed.
1: This is so it's magic, and this table is obviously significant. But to my knowledge, and I could be wrong because it's been a bit since I've read the next few books, I don't think it comes up in Voyage, Silver or The Last Battle.
0: I don't think it does either.
1: And so, we don't if I know. learned
0: anything from Wandavision, it's that runes are important, and they need to. Uh, it's good that they protected the table.
1: But who is the witch that cast the runes? Because that's significant.
0: Well, Aslan was there when the runes were cast. I'm, I'm guessing that.
1: So they're his runes. Cool, 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 cool.
0: Either his or his dad's, but also he probably sang the runes into
1: existence somehow. Yeah, that would make sense. Uh, but yeah, we just we just don't discover anything about the stone table. So it's like I don't understand why. It's here. This is another instance of yada yadaing magic. And then we're about to get more yada yadaing of magic because they immediately start talking about using the horn. This is the horn of Susan uh, that, you know, supposedly will call help to them. And, you know, they're discussing whether to use it. And Travel Hunters, like, I think the time has come because, you know, things are not looking great. And Caspian's like, well, we're in great need. But how, you know, how are we to know that we're in the greatest Of needs, like, what if there's a time that's even worse than this? And then Nickabrick is like, Well, if you use that argument, then we'll never use it until you're dead. You're like, and it'll be too late, which is a great point.
0: This is it's got logic to it, but anyone who's ever played a video game and taken a health potion too early and then needed it later knows that sometimes you you do got to think like that.
1: Yeah, you know, I have played the old Pokemon, and when you make it to uh oh my gosh what is it the uh the elite four
0: yeah the elite four you got to save yeah. with all your potions and then just turn off the system right after you die so that you can reset
1: absolutely 100 okay. well, as i'm as i'm losing i immediately quit yeah. that but it's, out. it's like they they're deciding when to use the horn and you know they're like well you know, we, we should probably just blow it. And you know, he's like, what do you think, Trumkin? And then Trumpkin, our, you know, handy dandy agnostic is like, well, I don't, you know, I don't really believe in any of that. Um, all I know is like, if you do blow it, please don't tell the army about it. Like, don't give anyone false hope um, or else they'll be dis- disappointed. And Caspian's like, I'll take that as a yes. Uh, let's blow the horn. And then, you know, Cornelius is like, well, we don't know what form the help will take. It could be Aslan. Uh, You know, I think it is more likely to be Peter and the the gang. Why? We don't know. We don't know why he thinks this.
0: Based on all the books written written about the magical nature of this horn.
1: You know, how this horn has never been blown, except for that one time that Susan blew it whenever Peter was being attacked.
0: Yeah. And you remember how that opened up a portal in time and space to get her brother's who like, are right away closer he to just,
1: it. He's a great guesser and just assumes that it's going to bring the high kings and queens from old Narnian history. Uh, and then, uh, you know, they're like, but I don't know if it's going to come to, the, if they'll come to this spot, you know, it's more likely that they'll go to the more magical spots, either the lantern waste, uh, you know, where the children first entered Narnia, because they know about that apparently. Um, and then, or, like near Caraparavel, uh, over by the sea. So, because obviously they would go to one of those places and not the stone freaking table.
0: Yeah, acknowledge that it is the most deeply magical spot of all, but not the magical spot that they would go to. Because they've got to go to... Honestly, the Lantern Waste would make more sense for them to go to than Paravel. It's weird that they show up on entrance them. spot. Like, yeah, that, that's their respawn location.
1: (laughs) If only man, it would make more sense, but they're like, Hey, we don't know where, you know, they're going to show up. I don't, but like, why wouldn't they just show up where you called them as well?
0: Yeah. These rules make no sense because there's never been rules before.
1: There's never been rules except now. And then the rules aren't explained. And then they're like, well, you know, it'll, it'll be one of those two locations and it's, again we we've said this before they will end up being right but their logic is flawed uh and so they're like we need to send people to these places you know send patter twig uh because he's reliable and fast and uh so he'll send he'll go to the lantern waste uh and then we need one more person uh you know uh and then like nick and Brick is like i won't go uh you know Because with all these humans about, we need to make sure that dwarves are fairly treated. He's in it for himself, right? Like we've said this before. He is self-motivated. He is in this for his own gains. And then we get number two from Trumpkin. Thimbles and thunderstorms, thunderstorms, uh, cried Trumpkin in a rage. Is that how you speak to the king?
0: Two very related, naturally going together things. I'm pretty sure
1: when, you know, uh, the the famous story of uh, Ben Franklin with you know a kite in the thunderstorm. It's not actually a key; it was a thimble uh, in the thunderstorm.
0: I mean, I don't know about you, Cal, but I exclusively do my sewing during thunderstorms. It's uh, calming.
1: It's what better time to do it? Uh, thimbles and thunderstorms. Uh, love love his his phrases here, but he's like that. You don't speak to the king like that. Send me, I'll go. And he's like, I didn't thought you didn't believe in the horn. And he goes, I don't. But what's that got to do with it? You know, if I'm going to die, I might as well die, like, you know, going on a goose chase than here. Uh, And I know the difference between giving advice and taking orders. This, you know, you've had my advice and now it's time for orders. Like, I love this mentality from Trump where he's like, hey, like, I've given my thoughts, but ultimately I'm a faithful guy. And like, if you tell me to go, I'm going to go.
0: And he's been listening to Andy Minio. Just send me. Oh, go
1: and by Andy Minio, he was also reading, you know, a lot of scripture where every time like someone is called, they say, send me, I'll go. I don't
0: know what you're talking about.
1: You're right. I don't know. <laughs> that's There's no way that the two are related. Uh, nice? But they decide to send Twig to the Lantern Waste and Trumpkin made the shorter journey to the river mouth to Care Paravel. And I wonder if that's going to come up maybe in the next paragraph, which is the next chapter.
0: Or maybe it'll come out, like, I don't know, seven chapters ago.
1: Seven chapters ago and the next chapter all in one.
0: Yeah, mm. you got to love Media Res. Media Res. Part of this book in the middle.
1: Do you have anything else before we dive further up and further in?
0: Uh, not really.
1: Right on. Uh, well, how about this? I'll start us off, and then you can close us out. Okay. Uh, so my further up and further in is the call to action, and in this case, the call to war. Now, granted, we don't really get to see this too much because it, it happens kind of off screen. And But uh, in relation to the blowing of the horn and, you know, how things end up going, they decide, like, this is the war council. This is, you know, uh, everyone coming together to decide, hey it is time for action. There's no dilly-dying around. We've got to do this. Uh, And you're going to see this throughout a lot of fiction and literature uh, where you see, you know, there's, there's the moment where you say, Hey, it is time for us to like, you know, go in. It's time for us to, um, you know, take the next steps. This is, Uh, Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows, where, you know, they, McGonagall is preparing all the students for battle and the, you know, the Order of the Phoenix, and she casts the spell to, you know, awaken all the stone soldiers to guard Hogwarts, they prepare for battle, right, this is uh, seen throughout, you know, so many different pieces of fiction, this is uh, Aragorn before the Black Gate, saying, you know, there will be a day when the strength of men will fail, but today is not this day this day we fight right uh, it's this is the call to action except way more lame because there is no like rousing speech uh they're just going to fight right there you know maybe we'll see a cool speech later but probably not because it's it's caspian uh but this is the call to action the moment where it's like hey we we need to go fight we need to like take a stand and, and do this you know so that is my uh, further up and further in chase
0: dope My further up and further in is, uh, about faith and uncertainty. So, uh, focusing in on the end of this chapter, uh, where Trumpkin does send, does say, send me, I'll go, uh, even though he doesn't fully believe that the horn will work at all, but, but he's faithful to the king who sends him. And, and this is a concept in general, in literature, where you have the, someone's character on display where they will uh where they will fall in line even though they don't know how it's truly going to work out they're willing to go forward into the battle into the danger into uh the risk taking that uh they're being called into because of loyalty you see this a lot in stories like this or you think about uh like good friends in stories like your ron and Hermione's, where. Where even though they don't know how it's gonna turn out, they're going to charge in because they're faithful to their friend. Uh and then it also fits into the Christian side of the story because C.S. Lewis is a Christian thinker, and this idea of faith. And and faith isn't certainty. Like, I I hate to shatter any glass there, but like it's not certainty, it's trust. It's it's not having seen it, it's trusting that. Even though you don't see it right now, it's going to work out. And and Trumpkin is willing to put trust, put faith in his king and submit to his king, even when he doesn't know what the real outcome will be. He he doesn't believe, but he receives his calling and goes faithfully. This is where he says, I know the difference between giving advice and taking orders. And and that's a, a level of character that really divides him from like Nickybrick in the same situation where he's like, nah, I'm, I'm just going to look out for myself. And, uh, and it's, it's admirable and also tends to uh, be the dividing factor in stories like this between good guys and bad guys of faithfulness and, and willingness to uh, submit to authority versus charging your own way can be, uh, can be a dividing line between uh, wisdom and, and folly.
1: Well guys, Chase has received my advice and he has now given me my orders. Uh, and before I send uh, you know the rest of you on your way to, you know, the Lantern Waste or Care Paravel or Austin, Texas or, you know, wherever you might be, uh, Please uh, go uh, find us wherever you find podcasts. Share us with your friends, uh, you know, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Audible, wherever it is that you find podcasts. Uh, give us a rate and review. Five stars really helps. Uh, leave us a comment. Go follow us on social media at The Chronicles of Podcasts on Instagram. Uh, and stay tuned as we, you know, continue on this series. Because next week, you know, who knows? We may actually get to see the end of this uh, story that Trumpkin has been telling. It's crazy. It's about time. It's about time. Uh, But those are our orders, and we know when to take them. And so we're on our way. That was the horn. (laughs) Sorry.
0: I was get. uh, I
1: mean. Always.
0: Always, yeah. There's there's never been a moment that I haven't been tired.
1: Yeah, that's fair. That's why like, I always tell my students, when they're like, oh, I'm too tired to come on Sunday morning. It's like, fool, I'm always tired. That's my life. Like,
0: I guarantee I'm more tired than you.
1: There's never a time when I'm not tired. Yeah. Yeah, they just don't know yet. Life hasn't beat them down quite yet.